Hello, this is P. Andrew Sandlin, founder and president of the Center for Cultural Leadership. We hear the term globalism a great deal today, and usually in a pejorative sense. Some conservatives oppose it, and some endorse it. Some liberals oppose it, and some endorse it. This endorsement and opposition along the political and social spectrum is due partly to the fact that the meaning of the term is not entirely clear. People use the term in different ways. So-called neoliberals use the term to mean to act as though there are no national borders. In this sense, globalism or globalization is intensely free trade. It's strongly opposed to tariffs and duties. Corporations therefore want to become multinational corporations and trade with great freedom globally. This view of globalism also tends to hold to global ethical standards. The Nuremberg trials after World War II were definitely globalist. The United Nations was globalist. The globalists at the time did not buy the argument that the ethical standards in Nazi Germany were valid for Germany alone, even if they weren't valid for the rest of the world. To say that exterminating Jews all over Europe was permissible and that it was legal in German culture at the time was not an argument that ethical globalists would buy. In this sense, the United States founders were globalists. Ethical globalists, that is. Interestingly, however, this ethical globalism can easily shift into something that sounds very much like its opposite. Some globalists will argue that no single nation or culture should be permitted to force its will, its ethics, its desires on any other nation or culture. Sometimes this is called multiculturalism. This version of globalism doesn't like what it might call ethical imperialism. People of white European heritage, for example, shouldn't be so arrogant as to think that Republican government and individual liberty and religious liberty and majorities and bills of rights and constitutions should be imposed on other cultures and nations. Shakespeare and Bach, for example, shouldn't be considered superior to African tribal dances, and so on. The distinctively Christian view is both globalist and anti-globalist, depending on the meaning. Christians must be ethically globalist as long as the ethics derive from God's revelation. The ethics are established by the Bible and God's revelation in nature, not, for example, by the United Nations or all their multinational political institutions. Ancient Babylon and medieval Rome and modern China and the United States are all bound by God's moral law. The Japanese and Sudanese and French and Americans don't have their own distinctive ethics. There is only one final ethical standard, and that is God's standard, and it is revealed in the Bible and in creation. This includes, by the way, divine economic standards, which demand economic liberty. To force humans, under the guise of protecting national boundaries, to pay higher prices is simply state socialism. It is an assault on individual and family property.
We might say that the problem with multinational corporations is not that they're multinational, but that they too often get special favors from the state. We call this crony capitalism. Moreover, the Christian faith, by its very definition, is globalist. The gospel is designed to be preached to and to influence the entire world. Read Matthew 28, 18-20. According to the Bible, there's no such thing as white Christianity, or black Christianity, or Asian Christianity, or Hispanic Christianity, or whatever. The gospel isn't designed for merely one race, one group, one culture, one historical period. The gospel is designed for everybody over the entire globe at all periods and at all times. This is godly globalism. But there is an ungodly globalism. This is the idea that all cultures and all national views and policies at a particular time are equal and that none is superior to the other. This is little more than relativism and it is evil. To say that Brahms or Mozart is not superior to ancient sub-Saharan bongo music is both patently wrong and morally corrupt. To get rid of the Western canon of literature and art and music and much else and replace it with that of inferior cultures, whether modern European or ancient Asian or what have you is morally reprehensible. If globalism means getting rid of objective moral standards, which is to say God's revelatory standards in his word of creation, it is wrong. It is in this sense that we can say that true Christianity is both globalist and anti-globalist. This is P. Andrew Sandlin, ChristianCulture.com.